Well, hello there. This is Aaron Eskilsen, and welcome to episode number four of our podcast, Everlasting Resilience. We will be talking about what is resilience and how can we nurture the habit of getting back up again after any mistake, you know, being persistent, even if we fell down, even if there was maybe a failure in life, maybe it was a financial issue, maybe it was a relationship issue. We're just going to talk about key ideas and some tools about how to get back up and be resilient. As I was saying, my name is Aaron Eskilsen. I'm based in Panama City, Panama. And I am a life coach and executive coach. I do organizational development and training for the last maybe 12 to 15 years. Based in Panama City, Panama, we do seminars and topics such as leadership, team building sessions, customer service, innovation. I'm also the founder of the marketplace Ofrece Tu Talento, which is a B2B2C marketplace for Latin American service professionals. So we've been talking in the last three sessions about what is resilience, you know, the ability to basically get back up and try again. We talked a lot about maybe the issue of opening up our hearts and having the desire to try again because something that happens to us when we have a failure maybe when it's a romantic relationship you know and we were with this person either a man or a woman for the past two or three or four years and the relationship ended sometimes our heart is closed and we don't want to try again we don't want to you know get back up and start dating again and start meeting new people because you know it hurt you know falling down hurt or maybe it was something in your business you know maybe it was a professional falling down you know you started a new business you got all your savings there you got all your effort you wanted to work hard for the past two to three years and the business didn't work out so sometimes we fall down and we feel down we feel defeated we feel that all of our effort and all of our money and all of our love and care went down the drain and that's what we're going to be talking about today. The three obstacles that can sabotage resilience. We're going to talk about three main ideas or three main mindsets or three ways of seeing life that can sabotage our resilience. And what's going to happen when they sabotage our resilience? We don't want to try again. You know, that's something that when, when I talk a little bit, I think it was in episode number two about the grief cycle. When we lose a loved one, either through COVID or we lost through a disease, you know, we lost a parent, we lost someone dear in our life. Something that happens in the grief cycle is that we can get stuck between sadness, depression, denial, and anger. According to Elisabeth Kubler-Ross, who is a psychotherapist from Switzerland, she wrote a book called On Death and Dying. The grief cycle is a lot about those thoughts and those feelings keep pushing me down, you know, and I want to feel sad and I can't get out of that basically mind movie mindset of sadness, anger, and denial. I can't believe this happened to me. Why did this happen to me? Maybe a little bit about the victim consciousness. Why did this happen to me? I feel sad. I feel angry and I don't want to get back up. What is the number one symbol that means that you're advancing in the grief cycle? You're accepting the new reality just as it is. And that's also something that I think I mentioned to you, Eckhart Tolle speaks a lot about. So what are these three obstacles that can sabotage our resilience? 
First of all, I want to draw our attention to something that I mentioned in episode number one, which is that everything external has an internal world, okay? For example, if I have a cookie, let's say I love chocolate chip cookies, okay? So the cookie is the external part of it, okay? But when I taste the cookie, when I eat the cookie, the internal part of it is the taste, the fulfillment that the cookie gives me. So in life, we want both the outside and the inside. We want both a house, which is the external, you know, the roof, we want the furniture, we want we want the bed, we want the living room, the external, but we also want the internal feeling of the home, of feeling safe, of feeling comfortable in my home. We want a car, but we also want what the car represents. The car represents freedom, it represents success, it represents that I can go wherever I want to go, okay? So in this external and internal world, we realize according to an author called Kabbalist Raphael Berg, that consciousness creates reality. Consciousness is that internal world of what I perceive. Consciousness can be defined as perception or as awareness or as intention. So once again, I have the cookie. Why do I want the cookie? What do I want it for? Do I want it only for myself? Or do I want it so the cookie will feed me or the salad will feed me or the house will take care of me so I am able to share more and be a being of light, of sharing, of being able to bring this energy to the world. And what happens in this internal world, ladies and gentlemen, we have an opponent. And I want to show this opponent through the story of a goalkeeper. So let's say that we have brother, a sister, or a nephew, or a niece who likes football, who likes soccer football, European football, not the American, you know, NFL football, but the European football, the soccer football. And let's say that this nephew, let's call him Arthur, he wins a scholarship to go to one of the best European clubs right now. We're not going to get into it, which city it is. I don't know if you're a fan of Real Madrid or you're a fan of Chelsea or you're a fan of Barcelona or of Paris or of Bayern Munich. Let's say that Arthur goes to an amazing soccer school. And in that soccer school, Arthur meets like literally a twin. Let's say he has the same age as Arthur, the same height, the same weight, and he's been playing soccer for the same amount of years. Nevertheless, to Arthur's twin, let's call him Peter, Peter is going to practice each and every single day to score to the goalpost without a goalkeeper. And Arthur practices every single day to the goalpost, scoring the goal with the best goalkeeper in all of Europe. Who do you think will have a chance to be the best player in a couple of years? The one who plays with a goalkeeper or the one who plays without the goalkeeper? So I've asked this question many times to many of my participants in my seminars. And there are, of course, you know, differing views, differing opinions. But in general, we're going to go with the goalkeeper. Why? Because Arthur, who has the goalkeeper and who probably the goalkeeper is going to stop Arthur's goals many times, Arthur will need to make an effort. Arthur will need to maybe get up in the morning a little bit earlier and maybe go out for a run and maybe go to the gym 
and do target practice and constantly make a constant effort so someday he will be able to score a goal. Nevertheless, Peter, the twin, he shoots and he scores. He shoots and he scores because there's no obstacle. There's no, nothing that will stop Peter's goal from going in. So listen to this. What is the analogy that Raphael Berg mentioned in his book, Nano, Consciousness of Mind Over Matter? Is that in life, the goalkeeper is never external. Never external. The goalkeeper in life is never the government or my ex-wife or my ex-mother-in-law or my neighbor, right? or the lack of money, or the lack of opportunity, or maybe the health issue, or maybe the legal issue. Raphael Berg says that the goalkeeper is internal. It is fear. It is laziness. It is the fact that I don't want to get back up again. It is the fact that I don't want to try again in a new business, or I don't want to finish college, or I don't want to go back dating anymore. The goalkeeper stops me from reaching my potential. The goalkeeper wants me to be reactive, wants me to fight with my neighbor, wants me to insult the person who cut in front of me in traffic, okay? The goalkeeper is our ego, or as capitalist Ralph Berg refers to it, the desire to receive for the self alone. The goalkeeper pushes me to judge another person, pushes me even to judge myself and to criticize myself as I am not enough and I will never be able to do it. The goalkeeper pushes me to control. The goalkeeper doesn't want me to share and want me to help other people. So, once again, let's go back to the main issue of today. Three obstacles that can sabotage resilience. It is maybe that voice in my head that tells me there is no way out, Aaron. There is no way out out of this. You messed up big time with your relationship. You messed up big time with money. You messed up big time with your health. And this opponent, this goalkeeper, wants me to stay down and doesn't want me to try back up again because he keeps telling me there is no way out. There's no way you can resolve this. This huge mistake that you did. Maybe it was an addiction. Maybe you relapsed in addiction. The the goalkeeper will want you to believe that nothing that you can do will make amends to your mistake. And we need to recognize this as a lie. Because the goalkeeper wants you to feel that you fell down way too low. That you really, really, really messed up big time. Maybe by, by being aggressive with your partner. Or maybe by being aggressive with someone in the office. And what happens in that moment? Guilt comes in. Shame comes in and the goalkeeper wants you to feel that you're not worthy of really getting back up and changing your reality and being resilient. So this is number one obstacle that can sabotage resilience. I want you to ask yourself whether you are driving in your car or whether you're listening to this on the office or in your day to day. In what area of my life has my opponent, has my goalkeeper made me believe that there's no way out? That there's no chance of me being able to be persistent, being able to be resilient, and being able to transform negativity into positivity. Fear or anger, or maybe it was a fight with a loved one, or maybe there was a mistake with a customer. Maybe I made a mistake in my, in my job. 
where does your opponent want you to think that there is no way out, that you fell down way too low? Write it down, and towards the end of the session, I will give you another tool by NLP, by Andrea Lages, which will be able to change that mindset, change that consciousness. Because remember, my friends, consciousness is also what I am aware of in myself, what I'm unaware of in the world. And if my awareness is that, is that there is no way out, that is what I'm going to manifest. If I don't manifest a possibility that there is a solution, if I'm not aware, I don't think about, I don't have in my feeling, in my intention, and in my way that I see life, my paradigm, if I don't see a solution, I will never connect to a solution. You know, I was once uh, with my dear Kabbalah teacher, Davidi Tik, that I don't know if, if he's ever listening to this. I really want you to know my appreciation for, for this small moment. We were at a volunteering session at, in Costa Rica, and I remember that we were trying to get some books uh, out of customs, and there was really, uh, like, a really hard time. We couldn't get the books out of customs. It was literally like we had to pay a, a, a large sum of money and wait for endless weeks. And I went like, well, there's really no solution to this. And he really literally looked me in the eye and said, you know what the RAF taught me about certainty, about being able to score with your goalkeeper, being able to be bigger than your ego is to know that in the realm of the internal 99%, the infinite realm of the light, there is always a solution to any problem. Whether it is a health issue, whether it is a family issue, whether it is a financial issue, whether it is an issue with your relationship, the fact that I have in my awareness, in my consciousness, that the light, that the universe, that this endless world, remember there is the cookie, there is the taste of the cookie. In the internal world of the taste of the cookie, that there is literally infinite possibilities, there is already a solution to your issue. So number one thing that we need to do is that we need to switch our consciousness from there is no way out to a way to see life, a paradigm that the solution already exists within you, that the universe light, your higher power, whatever you want to call it, already has a solution to this. And I do not want to listen to my goalkeeper or that voice inside my head that doesn't want me to really get back up again. Number two obstacle that can sabotage resilience, I worry too much on the external. And what does it mean that I worry too much on the external? I may say, or my opponent might say, my goalkeeper might say, you know, my effort is not working. I've been clean and sober for the past two to three weeks and my effort is not working. I've been looking for a job for the past two to three weeks and my effort is not working. Once again, I am focusing too much on the external. And here I want to draw the attention once again to the internal world. There is this book I think I mentioned to you in the past episode, The Inner Game of Tennis. The Inner Game of Tennis was one of the first coaching books over 20 years ago that basically narrated how sports were won inside your head before going out into the field. Imagine you're going to play soccer. Imagine you're going to a boxing match. Imagine you're going to play tennis. You literally need to visualize yourself winning the match 
before going into the court. So once again, number two obstacle, I worry too much on the external. I want you to ask yourself, when you fell down, when you made the mistake, when there was an issue in your financial or your love life, what was the root cause of your paradigm of your consciousness before you made the mistake? So once again, if my consciousness creates my reality, and my actions and my words stem from my way of thinking and my beliefs about life, if I am able to review my mistake, maybe when I was doing something with my relationship or when I was trying again with my company, what was my belief system before the mistake? What was my belief system about anger or about judgment or about control? If I am able to mentally step in that moment before I made the mistake, what was I thinking? What did I believe about myself or about the other person? And then transform that level of consciousness and then transform that level of thinking into something much more proactive, into something much more focused on helping others. Remember, as we said, Nelson Mandela, Ubuntu, I am because of others. I am here to empower the community around me. So once again, if I'm talking about a business issue or a financial issue, was I was really thinking about the collective, about my customers, about my shareholders, about my boss. If it was a family issue, was I really empathetic? Did I really have empathy with my mom, with my sister, with my brother? Or was I only thinking about myself and my pleasure? So if I am able to see the internal as the source of the external, I am able to correct the system or the system of beliefs that was in action before I made the mistake. So once again, number two obstacle that can sabotage my resilience, I am constantly looking for results, external results. And when I don't see the external results, I lose patience. My opponent says, my effort is not working. And I may even say, you know something? This is not worth it. To change is not worth it. To get back up and track in my, in my new company is not worth it. I'm just going to stay down. I'm just going to go back to the addiction. I'm just going to go back to my old habit. And by the way, this is a trick of the opponent. So you will not change. So you will not open up your heart and try again in a new company and try again to finish college and try again for a new relationship. So what is basically the key to this? To take care of your internal world, to conquer from within, whether I need to conquer a fear, whether I need to conquer an addiction, whether I need to conquer depression or sadness, I need to be able to be in that state where my internal world is much more important than my external world, where nothing that can happen externally can influence myself internally. And by the way, I know this is a really a day-to-day -day fight. This is something that we need to do in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, because constantly the day-to-day -day challenges will push me to say, you know something, I don't want to, to try again in life. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to go back to the diet. You know, I made this huge mistake financially. There is, once again, there is no way out. Once again, I fell down too low. Once again, there is no possibility for me.
I remember that I told you in episode number one that something that we need to keep in our in our intention, in our kavana, where we direct our energy, is that life, the universe, your higher power, whatever you want to call it, has endless blessings for you. Much more than what you desire, the universe, your higher power, desires endless, infinite more blessings for you. There was this analogy, more than what the calf wants to drink from the cow, the cow wants to feed the calf. We human beings, whether we are, whether we're from North America, from Europe, from Asia, from Latin America, we are the calf. And the universe, life, our higher power, the light is the cow that wants to feed us with abundance, with prosperity, with health. What do I need to do? I need to go back into my internal world. I want to go back and to be aware of my opponent, of my goalkeeper. Because my goalkeeper will want whisper in my ear, you're not worthy. You see, you made this mistake with your partner. You see, you made this issue with your son or with your daughter or with money. There is no way that you can get out of this. A couple of years ago, you know, I I have said that something that really inspires me is getting back up from addictions. I had a serious issue to marijuana. Maybe it was 15 years ago. I used to smoke pot every single day. Thank God I've been clean and sober for over 13 years. And once I went to give um, a talk to an addiction center, and, you know, I was, you know, telling them about how consciousness creates reality and how they can get back up again and how, you know, the universe gives us endless second chances. But I remember a man came up to me and said, you know something? Sometimes my guilt is so strong that the voice of my guilt, the voice of my shame is higher than the voice that pushes me to have a second chance. And I thought to myself, this is the goalkeeper. This is literally what Ralph Burke says in in Technology of Mind Over Matter. We have two voices in our head. One voice pushes us to try again, pushes us to invest in a new business or to go back and date again. But the other voice pushes us down. So we really need to be aware of which voice I am paying attention to. And remember, on the sea level, on the consciousness level, you can either be the victim or you can either be the cause. And when I am listening to my guilt and to my shame, I am the victim. And I am being beat down by the ego that wants me to really get get down. So number three obstacle that can sabotage your resilience. Once again, number one obstacle, there is no way out. My goalkeeper says, I there is no way out. I fell down too low. Number two is, I worry too much on the external. Once again, I really need conquer from within and be aware of my guilt, of my fear or my shame and be able to go against that guilt and shame internally. And number three, impatience. I'm expecting the same fulfillment on day number two. And for this, once again, I I want to go back to the story about addictions. I remember that when I'm quitting to smoke marijuana, I remember, you know something? I want to feel the same high, the same happiness without smoking. And I expected to receive that on day number two. And something that we really need to know is that any process of change, whether it is you want to graduate from high school, whether it is you want to finish your master's degree, whether it is you want to publish a book, whether it is you want to manifest a new relationship, it takes constant, persistent 
evolution and constant persistent change of habits. And you cannot let your ego, your opponent, make you quit and once again tell you your effort is not working when you feel it is too much of an uphill battle, when you feel it is too much effort to once again quit smoking or start dieting or start dating again. Because once again, your consciousness needs to be on the fact that there is already a solution. Your awareness needs to be on the fact that you are able to surpass that challenge. Not on the mistake or on being on the floor beaten down by the ego. So once again, I want to give you a tool in order to go against these three obstacles that can sabotage resilience. And it is a tool that I learned in a book from NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming by Andrea Lages. And once again, I want to call your attention. There is the external, the cookie, the house, the relationship, the $50 billion. There is the internal, the taste of the cookie, the feeling of comfort, the feeling of freedom, the feeling of success. So I want you to close your eyes and I want you to visualize what would be the ideal final result of your resilient behavior. What would be the ideal final result of creating a new life, whether it is a new business, whether it is a college degree, whether it is a new relationship, whether it is complete healing, complete 100% healing. And I want you to remember, keep this in mind, more than the calf wants to drink from the cow, the cow won't want to give to the calf. More than you want to receive that $50 billion or more than you want to receive that, that healing, the universe, life, God wants to give you that. And it already exists in the parallel realm of what the Kabbalists call the 99%. It already exists within you. So once you see that, once you visualize that end result, I want to ask you, do you feel that goal, that end result, that new reality is possible for you right here, right now? Can you allow that possibility? Maybe you don't understand, by the way, logically understand how it will happen, but I want you to push away from your logical, rational mind, and I want you to allow this possibility. It is possible for me right here, right now. Number two, are you able to manifest it? Do you have the capacity? Do you have the abilities and the skills? And once again, maybe you are a drop in the ocean in the middle of a city. But when that drop of the ocean goes back to the ocean, you are an infinite eternal wave. And that is our job to glue our consciousness to the infinite consciousness of the ever-present 99% life. And finally, do you see yourself as worthy of that success? Do you allow yourself to feel the fulfillment of the $50 billion or of the new soulmate relationship or of having a new child or of healing or of solving the legal issue? So the three main obstacles, which is there is no way out. I worry too much on the external. And sometimes my opponent says, my effort is not working. It is too much of an uphill battle and I lose patience. I will counter it with these three things. Possibility, ability, and worthiness. 
that new reality where you meet your goal, where you meet your $50 billion, where you meet your soulmate, or you move to another country, or you finish college, or you publish your book, that reality is possible, you are able, and you are worthy. And if you have the ability to go in front of a mirror and tell that to yourself in the face, imagine the end result. Imagine you getting back up from that really nasty mistake and you see yourself as able. You see yourself as capable of handling that challenge. You see yourself that getting back up is a possibility and solving that legal issue is a possibility. And you allow yourself to feel that fulfillment and you say, I am worthy. You surpass the feeling of guilt and shame. I am worthy of a new reality. In that way, we score the goalkeeper. We score our ego. We score our feelings of not being enough, of not being worthy, of guilt, of shame. Or maybe it is of arrogance. Or maybe it is of, I am too proud and I can't ask for help. Maybe I want to control everything. Maybe I judge everyone. Once again, my consciousness creates my reality. And the light the endless blessing, the universe, will always be bigger than the goalkeeper. Success will always be bigger than failure. Remember, maybe you fell down, but getting back up is mandatory. And it doesn't matter the mistake that you did. There is always a bigger, higher possibility that you can attain. Yes, I may. maybe you're thinking that the love that you felt with that loved one, you will never be able to be loved again, or you will never be able to make the same amount of money you did. But you need to be able to create a new reality from the premise that there is an endless, endless amount of joy, abundance, fulfillment, success, and love that is waiting for you. Once I feel that it is possible, I am able and I am worthy. And that my past mistake is an intricate complement of my future and my present success. I don't judge myself. I don't judge my mistake. But I get back up again and I am able to be resilient and to fight any type of challenge that I have in my life. So that does it for episode number four. Thank you very much for all of your help and for all of the comments. If you have any questions or if you have any topics that you would like us to cover, you can email us as it's Eskilton Aaron. That is E-S-K-I-L-D-S-E-N-A-H-A-R-O-N at gmail.com. Eskilton Aaron at gmail.com. Thank you very much for sharing these 20 to 25 minutes with me. And remember, we can always choose to be either the goal scorer that has a goalkeeper or that doesn't have a goalkeeper. And the goalkeeper is always internal. Thank you very much and have a great day.